Welcome to Otani Comes to America, a show about the GOAT baseball player, Shohei Otani. I'm Kev. And I'm Jack. And we're back to finish off the season, just how the season ended for Otani and the Poor Angels. Yeah, there wasn't really a whole lot to talk about in the second half, so we're just kind of wrapping it up here. Season also went a little later this year due to the lockout and other stuff, and I was actually out in Anaheim seeing you not too far by Angel Stadium, so we're getting around to it now, but we'll also be back in you know a month or so to talk about the MVP decision. Highly controversial topic, but maybe we'll talk about that a little later. Let's just focus on Otani first. Yes, sir. So pretty much last time y'all heard our voices. It was right after the All-Star game. I think we caught up on that, talked about that. But then we didn't really get to talk about the trade deadline or any of that. So let's get into that. Angels don't do much, at least to win. What do you think was like the highest percentage you got to yourself of believing there was a chance Otani was going to get traded this year at the deadline? Because we did see Juan Soto eventually get traded, but that was more reliably predicted, I guess. Otani was always kind of a long shot. Five? Mm. I'm sure the Angels were getting offers, even if it was behind the scenes, you know, offers we didn't hear about. But if you were to ask me what percentage you think there is of Otani getting traded next season, which again, this could be a other conversation for another future episode, but that I'd go a little higher for sure. Yeah, next season will be interesting because for those who don't know, he'll be a free agent at the end of next year. And Artie Moreno, owner of the team, has announced he's going to be selling it. So there could be a new owner, which could either mean more incentive to trade Otani and have like a fresh slate with a whole bunch of new prospects or whoever, or it could mean they try to extend him, sign him again, keep him there with the idea that, you know, this will be a new start, new owner, we're committed to winning, etc. If Otani gets traded next year, we'll see. Should he have been traded this year though? I think you can argue that because you would have gotten a much bigger haul. If you get Otani as another team for a year and a half and two playoff runs versus having him for half a season and one playoff run, that's a way different package that you're getting in return. So it's kind of like if they were going to do it, they kind of should have done it this year. Otherwise, you might as well just hold him to the end and try to re-sign him if that's your goal. But we don't really know what the next buyer's plans will be so it's hard to say fully agree with you it's one of those where i think he should have gotten traded i mean we've <laughs> at least i have said how bad i want him out of anaheim yeah sorry to the anaheim fans that are listening right now but yeah it's like time for him to go i almost feel like him and trout want to go just out of the clips i see the body language i see the tweets i see and they're over it at least again this is my assessment of the situation I don't know why they didn't. Like you said, you could get a way bigger package. But on the other hand, I guess you can use this almost like as a better selling point. Like here by the team, you have technically the best player and what we believe has been one of the best players in the league in Mike Trout for X amount of time. And even like what you said is interesting. Like they could trade him and start with this like new team. But I know the Angels, bro. And (laughs) I almost see it happening where like, They'll extend him, and it's like, let's try to build around him, which I feel like it's something they kind of did with Trout, and Angel's gone Angel. (laughs) I don't know that this is the best plan, like, doesn't make me happy, and it's one of those things where, like, 
I see the angels somehow like impersonating this dude. I mean, he has to kind of accept the whole deal. Like it, it just doesn't work one way. But this whole entire next season, I'm gonna have my fingers crossed, hoping that he does get traded or not extended, whatever it is. And we have like this new chapter of Otani. Otani has made it crystal clear that winning is his number one priority above everything else. So while I'm sure he's made great connections and all that with the Angels staff and etc. and other players, ultimately he wants to win and play meaningful baseball more than anything else. And he even had a quote when he just came back to Japan for the offseason and he said how the last couple months left a negative impression on him. And here we are in October. Playoff baseball has been happening. It's been just a crazy round of upsets and etc. And meanwhile, Otani hasn't played in a single playoff game yet. Like not even winning a World Series, not even making a run. No, he hasn't even played in a wild card game. And for someone to come in and sell him on that kind of a vision of rebuilding, maybe it needs to be like a Steve Cohen type where it's like, I have unlimited pockets. I'm like a lifelong Angels fan. I want to see this team win. I'm tired of losing. We're going to make it happen. But even then, how much can you even count on it? Even if there is a change in ownership, we've seen just how bad the Angels coaching is across the board and how bad their development is. And maybe it's starting to improve a little bit in terms of certain prospects and stuff, but it's still really bad overall compared to the rest of the league. And even for his own personal development as a player, imagine him going to you know, one of these teams that has a crazy reputation for building guys up. There's all these different teams where they're known for picking out the little ways to improve players. And so if he thinks, oh, I could also get way better and play for a competitor and get like a, you know, crazy deal because he will if he goes to free agency, then why not? It seems like a no brainer to me. Like you owe nothing to Anaheim. Yeah, well said. I feel like we can assume that Otani doesn't necessarily play the game for the money. I think we see the love he has for it. He does want to win. I think we saw it even when he was trying to first get to the U.S. and jump into the MLB. I think he had slightly better offers. Well, he also took a pay cut because he came before he was 25 and stuff. Right. So we know he's trying to win. Like he's trying to do the right thing, the right moves at the time. The odds are against the Angels in this situation, which... In this case, it's kind of a good thing and something we kind of agree with. For him to stay in Anaheim, like a lot would have to change. And we're talking about a team looking to rebuild from owner to most likely management and even players. It'll take a lot. So if he gets locked up in there, you're not guaranteed a winning season until who knows how long. You know, it could take years for him to see a playoff game still. It's time to, to make a change. Yeah, and even as far as the Angel stuff also, as we're kind of hitting on a couple other moments that happened or games that happened in these past couple months since the All-Star break, one of the kind of running jokes or memes this year was like the whole Tungsten O'Doyle thing. Like even in one of the early August games, the Angels literally tied the record for home runs in a loss when they hit seven. But guess the final score? They lost eight to seven. <laughs> so it's just like... That's the kind of shit that happens to the Angels. And there was another game that month where Otani himself went four for five with a homer, triple, and four RBIs, and the Angels still lost 11 to seven. This is brutal. This is not even just your kind of middle of the pack, whatever. 
they finished below 500. Like, this team is so bad. And it got to the point where usually at the beginning of the season at least, or even throughout the course of the year, the past few years, you know, the Angels are a West Coast team, their games are later at night, etc. I might flip one on, see Otani, see whatever. But they were just unwatchable for most of this year, especially after like the losing streak and man being fired and all that stuff. It was just I never wanted to even watch them. And I would still tune in for Otani pitching games when I could. But otherwise, brutal. Man, how how could he want to come to work and like, you know, <laughs> play and enjoy it? I mean, you could have fun because he's freaking putting up numbers we've never seen since quote unquote Babe Ruth, you know, it's never going to get old. We're going to keep hearing that you're in and you're out. But yet, you know, like this is the talent you're putting around. Really like Squid, really like Wade, but... Yeah, you're not building a meaningful team around Otani when you have them. Yeah, at all. Yeah, and then as far as some other quick things, August 9th, Otani hit his 118th career home run where he passed Ichiro for second most home runs by a Japanese-born player. Who's ahead of him? Just Matsui? Yeah, I think so, because even when I read that, I was like, wait, I thought he got the most, but no, it must be Matsui. Yeah, probably Matsui. Probably not too far off from him. I'm assuming probably around 200 or something. Because Matsui didn't have the longest career in the US. Yeah, I just Googled it. Matsui had 175. So Otani will catch that in, you know, a couple seasons. Season and a half. But yeah, and then September, there was a game where Roger Clemens' son, Cody Clemens, who is not a pitcher, he's just a position player, but they threw him into pitch when they were losing. And he actually struck out Otani for his first ever strikeout and there's a whole thing because he got Otani to sign the ball after which was just like a story that people shared of like oh yeah Otani even when he gets struck out he's still you know happy to be the face of baseball and make a memory or whatever that's gonna be the highlight of Cody Clemens career yeah (laughs) (laughs) literally though like you walk into his crib in 20 years and he's showing off the stuff he has first thing the ball signed by Shohei I'm sure and he's like yeah I struck him out the greatest of all time. But you weren't even a pitcher. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to my jeans. That's kind of cool. I'm not even going to lie. And I'm sure his dad is proud of that one. Also, speaking of strikeouts, on September 23rd, Otani got his 200th K. And that was his first time doing that in a season. So clap it up for that. Did well. Yes, sir. I mean, if you guys don't know, 200 is like that mark you're trying to hit. That's like the nice, like almost 300 for a batter, I guess. Or maybe even higher. So yeah, that's a good, really good number. Yeah, basically around 10 pitchers crossed that mark this year. So it's definitely elite territory to be in. And one interesting thing we saw with his pitching too, especially towards the end of the season there, there was a game where the Angels were playing the Yankees and Clay Holmes throws in a 100 mile per hour sinker at him. And even when it happened, there was like a close up reaction of him being like, huh, interesting. And... It became this whole thing because in like a Time magazine from a few months before, he was showing off his different pitch grips and he didn't have that in his arsenal. And he had like debuted it a little before that because I guess he was working on it. But then he saw that and then all of a sudden next game, he throws one just as fast and it becomes like a great pitch. And by the end of the season, he's like barely throwing his fastball. So it's interesting to see like how quick he can adapt and just be like, oh, that right there give me that i'll have that super dope i think who is it like john boy i want to say john boy made a little video or maybe pitching ninja yeah i think it was pitching ninja give both of them credit shout out to both of them 
they make great little clips. But yeah, you see it. Literally, he reacts to it. He's like, holy shit. God damn, what was that? <laughs> and yeah, next time he pitches, I want to say it was like the very first pitch he throws was like that. And he just nods like, yeah, we cooking with something here. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. So that that's one of those like super fun inside baseball things that was super dope to see. And his pitching stats after that were fucking insane. So, I mean, yeah, he got to 200. So something's working there. Yeah, and let's just dive into the season stats overall now. And since we're talking about pitching, we might as well go into that. All right, so I'm going to say these 2022 pitching stats, and then I'll say right after the 2021 version so we can compare. So 28 games this year compared to 23 last year, 166 innings pitched compared to 130 last year, 2.33 ERA compared to 3.18 last year. So big improvement there. That's a crazy upgrade. 124 hits this year compared to 98 hits last year. But also keep in mind with some of these, like there's more games this year, so some of these will be higher. But he did have less earned runs this year, 43 earned runs compared to 46 last year. 14 home runs this year compared to 15 last year. The same amount of walks, 44 walks. I don't know how that became exactly on the dot, but interesting. 219 strikeouts this year, like we were just talking about, 200 plus, compared to 156 last year. So that's a big difference. And then ERA plus, which basically compares him to pitchers around the league with it being, you know, 100 the average. He's at 172 this year, 141 last year. And then whip and strikeouts per nine, 1.012 whip this year compared to 1.090 last year. And 11.9 strikeouts per nine compared to 10.8 last year so i guess what jumps out to you about these numbers super fucking impressive obviously a way better year this year healthier pitch more innings you know over 30 more innings is super impressive while cutting that era almost by a whole point is insane yeah that's obviously the easy standout if there's a standout in numbers and the negative side, it'd be the 124 hits. But even out of that, you could take a positive. It seems like they were all kind of like singles or maybe even doubles. Not meaningful hits. Obviously, because his ERA is so low, he wasn't giving up the runs. So he was giving up the hits, but he'll clear the bases after that. So that's good. The 44 walks is kind of funny to see, just back to back like that. But again, 30 more innings. So that's not bad. That's actually, you can almost see it as an improvement. Yeah, just it is. In terms of ratio. But yeah, the strikeouts per nine is crazy because it was already pretty high last year. And now 11, that's like... 11.9, so it's basically 12. Yeah, that's reliever numbers, pretty yeah. much, um, which is really <laughs> impressive. Which basically, for every nine innings, it's how many people you strike out in that time. Yeah, so he's getting more than a strikeout per inning, technically. So yeah, pretty much every other inning, he gets two strikeouts, you could say. I think all we wanted him to do was to be slightly under the three ERA, and <laughs> he blew that away. Yeah, everything else, like, I can't complain. I'll take this from Shohei every season. And if I have to mention anything, just since we're on the pitching side, I know the pitching was kind of interesting this year. I hope he gets a lot of the Cy Young votes. I feel like Verlander probably has it just Mm -hmm. because the narrative coming back from Tommy John, he's older, and, I mean, he was amazing. 1.75 ERA, that's insane. But otherwise, like, you have some people, McClanahan had a run, at the beginning of the year, then he had some injury issues. Cease is definitely a contender up there. And you have some other guys like Framber and Manoa and stuff, but Otani's right up there with all of them. 
And I don't think he'll get it this year, but he's definitely in the top pitcher conversation. And even for him to be considered for that or one of those top guys, while we're not even talking about the hitting stats yet, is crazy and kind of transitioning over. He became the first player in all of MLB history with 200 strikeouts and 30 home runs in the same season. So very impressive. And even Otani said himself, like, that's a big milestone for me. So he doesn't always admit that. I think that's cool that he acknowledged that he was happy he put up those numbers and made that record. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those where it might not be broken like a gun. Mm-hmm. We might never see that again. So I hope I'm wrong because I want to see more Shohei's. Obviously, with his growth and like his impact on the game, we might see a lot more future Shohei's, but... This one might stand for a while in the book, so, yeah. Yeah. You want to give us the hitting stats for the year? Yeah. This is a little bit more of a tricky one, just like you did. I'll compare both the years and stats from 2022 and 2021. In 2022, Otani played 157 games compared to 155, so it was healthy. Mm -hmm. Only two more games played. Ended up with... (laughs) I almost was going to skip this stat, but the boy ended with 666 plate appearances. Yeah, very, very weird. <laughs> kind of weird or a little foreshadowing to the boy playing for Toronto next year or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Shout out to Drake. I thought you were going to go like playing for the Astros or something, you know, the devil's number. <laughs> Could take it that way too. Yeah. <laughs> trying to go the pop culture way, but please not the Astros. All right, let's move on. Compared to 639 plate appearances. There's 160 hits this season compared to 138. 30 doubles in 2022 compared to only 26 doubles. Six triples this year compared to eight triples. This is uh, one of the bigger ones, home runs. This year he only had 34 home runs compared to 46. Why do you think there was a drop off there? Because like if he had 40 or something, it'd be like, I mean, he's not necessarily going to reach the same amount every year, but... After 46 last year, 34, felt a little low. I was trying to decipher that. Seemed like a few of the doubles of this year could have been home runs last year because he did go up four or five more doubles this season. That could be like a four or five home run swing. It also just seems like he did get 160 hits. Like he was bringing out his inner Ichiro and just probably slapping the ball, getting on base, getting them hard singles, running some balls out. Seems like his angle of the balls off the bat was probably a little lower to get super analytical about it where last season he was the power numbers were up like he was swinging up on the ball we'll see because you also see with the next stat this year he only had 95 rbis compared to 100 rbis last season which is also you know rbis are one of those stats where it's very dependent on the rest of the team so if no one's on he can't drive them in right exactly but it's one of those where like again when you have 20 plus more hits but are down on rbis yeah it's it's just the power numbers are down nothing i would get afraid of we can again another conversation we could have in the future but these numbers can be very very different next season with the yeah quote-unquote band shift if anything this is like a good sign towards that because that means this average can shoot up even though i haven't mentioned it yet but let's keep going This year, only 11 stolen bases compared to 26. That one's a little... We'll still keep the name Mr. Hot Wheels, but that's a big drop-off, 15 
I'll just say real quick though, I think I did see something that the angels wanted him to stop stealing for health reasons or slowed it down a lot. So I don't think it was on him really. Yeah, it's one of those for me. Yeah, stolen bases are fun, but this is also your power guy and your pitching guy. I don't need Shohei getting 20 steals a season. Yeah. Stay within 10, 15. That, I'm completely cool with that. Steal when you have to to win the game or, you know, if you got to score runs, but we need you on the field. And I think he still had one of, if not the top, sprint speeds to first in the league. So he's still very fast. Yeah. So, I mean, that right there sounds like, yeah, it was probably directions from the top. Like, yo, relax on the bases. <laughs> As of walks, he got 72 walks compared to 96 last year. This is also a big one because this hurts the on-base numbers. It's one of those things where, like, Juan Soto, let's say, doesn't always hit for the most average, but the boy is always on base because he's taking one or two walks a game. This would be nice to see go back up. Went from 20 intentionals to 14 this year, which is also a little bit of drop-off, but... Not many teams were afraid to give up runs to the Angels. So. Yeah, he has no protection around him. so None. So, yeah, that's understandable. Five hit by pitches. Hey, let's calm down. Let's not hit Shohei. He did have one funny moment. This was like the last series of the year, I think it was, where he got hit by a pitch, and then he went over to first base, and this was against the A's, and Seth Brown was playing there, and he's like, I'm going to get revenge tomorrow. And Seth Brown was like, no, please. Like, he knew he was, like, kind of joking, but he was also like, uh, please, just, like, let me make sure you're not going to actually do that, because I don't, I don't want the smoke. We've seen that 100 sinker to the ribs. That will hurt. <laughs> yeah. Went from 189 strikeouts to 161. This is really good. Mm -hmm. The batting average, 273 compared to last year, 257. So, here it is. Yeah, he was getting those singles. A lot more hits. And also, if you're someone who still thinks of, like, oh, you got to be above 300 to be a great hitter in terms of batting average. That's no longer the case. And especially this season, it was way worse. So 273 is almost like a 300 equivalent with how hitting was this year. Yeah, completely agree. Obviously, that number 300 came because in that time when that number was the number, that's where a lot of the good hitters were. But this year, yeah, something closer to the 270s was more like that 300. So shout out to him on that. Um, base percentage, 356 compared to 372. Like I said earlier, that's just a few walks that could have made the difference. That could be slightly better, but can't be mad at it, honestly. Slugging percentage went from 592 to only 519. These are the power numbers. They went down slightly. Then, obviously, the on-base plus slugging went from a 965 to a 875. Which is still a great OPS, like... I feel like anything above 800 is like, oh, yeah, you're a really good player. Above 900, you're like amazing. Above one dot, you're like a god. Yeah, well said. OPS plus 145 this year compared to 157 last year. He's still an all-star. Is an MVP contender. And obviously, we mentioned we'll have to wait and see on that MVP. We'll get back to y'all on that. But the numbers are there. I guess would you say also... Obviously, certain things were up, certain things were down. But overall, I would still say this was a better year in general. I mean, for sure on the pitching side, the hitting side, like we said, was a little down. But he just looked better and more consistent this year, I think. No, I can agree with you. I think this is a better year. Like, if he was in my team, I'd probably take this year over the last year, the MVP season. 
It's crazy. I think we could get into the conversation now because <laughs> he might not even get the MVP this year. Yeah, I think Judge at the moment, especially since he broke the home run record and it became such a thing, is at least the objective favorite right now. And I think we're going to save like the more in-depth discussion on it for when we do an episode after the MVP winner is announced. But I think the most brief way I'd sum it up is something I think CeCe Sabathia said, where Otani is the best player on the planet, but Judge is the MVP for this season. Even though Otani topped last year when he won MVP, Judge just put up insane numbers and was an amazing player. And I think also what we don't want to get lost in this and just in general is that they both had amazing seasons. Like, you don't have to pit them against each other. We can appreciate both of what they did this year. I mean, CZ put it the best way. Judge just put up numbers that you can't deny. Mm. Literally historic numbers. I don't even want to get into the whole steroids conversation and about the home run record and all that, but we're kind of, 90% of us are agreeing that this is like the record to beat. And he got there while hitting 300, while putting up these numbers where, you know how we mentioned earlier, with the league and the numbers being down and the averages being down and the power numbers being down, you almost have to give it to him. Yeah, well said. And otherwise, just to wrap it up on Otani, let's get into a little bit of a cash money update. So Otani, like we said, will be a free agent after the end of next year, but he did have to go through arbitration, which usually isn't dealt with until the offseason. Basically, teams and players have to negotiate on a salary, and if they don't agree, then it goes to a panel who decides it, etc. And guess they just got it done early. Maybe Otani wanted to just have it done before he went away to Japan and stuff, so he didn't have to think about it. And they landed on $30 million for this year, which is literally the largest one-year contract ever given to an arbitration-eligible player. So for context, the second highest before that was $27 million that went to Mookie a couple years ago in 2020, right before he was traded to the Dodgers. And for him, it's a raise of $24.5 million from last year, which is <laughs> insane. And just for additional context too, like there's different tiers of how far you are in the league and all this stuff, which we're not going to get into all that, but it's a crazy upgrade for him. And now it puts him in the top 10 for salary for average annual value for 2023 among MLB players. And that's not even including all the endorsements he has, which according to Forbes is around 20 million which is insane. Like the next highest person is Bryce Harper and he has 6 million. And so we've brought this up before, but Otani works with a bunch of brands, both in the US and Japan and has kept adding to it. And basically when you combine those, he's going to be making before taxes around 50 mil next year. And that's even before he's a free agent, before he can command his true worth. If hopefully he goes to free agency and doesn't just sign an extension with the Angels. So even though, like we talked about earlier, he came over before he can make the most money initially, it's not really a big deal because <laughs> now he's really making so much money and next offseason could be that big, big, big payday, which we can barely even dream about what kind of value that would be or what he'd be worth. 
Yeah, Shohei has no chill out here breaking arbitration records. Like, yo, relax. <laughs> I know you're going to break every record, but <laughs> damn. No, I'm just joking. Obviously, well-deserved. Like, if anyone needs to break any salary or any record when it comes to contracts, it's obviously Shohei. So let's see that cash. Let's see that money. I can't wait to see his actual, you know, big money contract because that's going to be a crazy conversation. I mean, hey, like if Ipe is looking for some assistance, like just throw us a little chunk of change. We'll be right there, you know, be your personal photographers or something. We need more coverage of Otani in the Dominican Republic. If you need any help, contact me. I can help you out with that. I'll translate to the Spanish. All the islands, not just DR, obviously Puerto Rico, all that. Venezuela is big right now. Shout out to my Venezuelans. Yeah, like just reach out. We got to expand the brand, you know what I mean? But yeah, and then to wrap it up overall... We talked about a bunch of Angel stuff already. Just to run through a final few things, recapping the season, they finished 73 and 89, third in the division behind the Astros and Mariners. With Joe Madden, they went 27 and 29. With Phil Nevin, they went 46 and 60, seventh straight losing year. They're always kind of around 500. This year was even worse. Since 2009, Angels made the playoffs only one time, and at that point, which was in 2014. They got swept in the division series, so didn't even do anything. Phil Nevin, who was the interim manager, they've now extended another year, which I've seen Angels fans saying, oh yeah, it's just because, you know, they want to have someone temporary for when someone buys the team and they want to bring in a new manager at that point, which I kind of get. But at the same time, if you're extending Phil Nevin for another year of managing this team, there's no way you're taking this seriously at all. Phil Nevin couldn't even be the Yankees' third base coach, and all of a sudden he's the manager of the Angels with Otani and Trout. <laughs> Apparently some of the players like him, etc. are fine, but he's not the person to lead this team in any sort of meaningful way. I mean, look at his record in the time that he was managing. They did not do well. So that move to me is just frustrating. It's like, again, wasting Otani's time. And yeah... The Angels are supposedly valued at $2.2 billion, so it'll be a nice sell once Artie Moreno goes through with that. And I mean, the team itself, like Brandon Marsh got traded to the Phillies. He's making an impact on him there for the playoffs. Like there was a video I saw comparing his swing while on the Angels to then on the Phillies, and it just showed how bad the hitting coaching was there. Trout had some time off with injuries, but still managed to hit 40 bombs. 999 OPS, so you can't complain about him ever. Taylor Ward had a great start, then kind of slacked and ended up with a decent year overall. Renhifo, we don't really talk about much, but he had a solid year. Jared Walsh was fucking terrible this year. Rendon, as predicted, played 40 plus games, like barely anything. Another just made of the last guy. Joe Adele still hasn't panned out into what people thought he'd be. And then on the pitching end, Thor also got traded to the Phillies. Sandoval has continued to look good. 2.91 ERA and almost as many innings pitched as Shohei. It was only his second year, so very impressive. Detmers and Suarez, whatever. They could be like a 4-5, but they're not that great. They basically salary dumped Atlasius to the Braves, and even one of the players in that trade, Jesse Chavez, ended up going to the Braves anyway after the Angels released him. So it's just a fucking awful look for them and yeah I mean <laughs> I feel like in past years we tried to convince ourselves like oh the Angels have some decent players around Otani maybe it could work 
but they just always disappoint outside of Trout. It's just never even close to enough. And look at the division they're in, the AL West. Like, the Astros are dominant always. The Mariners have really come up and are going to be a problem for years to come. You got to do work to battle in that division. I wouldn't be surprised if they even finish behind the Rangers next year. Like, my hope level for the Angels at the moment, hopefully this owner changes something, but like an all-time low. Not much more for me to add to that. Don't see it getting any better. If anything, this is almost a start of the Angels somehow possibly getting worse. It's going to take some time, you know, to spend and build up the team. Might get worse. Like, next season could be ugly. But let's let's start with the small things. Let's sell the Angels first. I guess I'll leave it at that. But yeah, that wraps it up for this episode. Like we said, we'll come back to catch you up on the MVP race and how that went and probably the other awards as well. This is it for this episode of Otani Comes to America. I'm Kev. You can find me at same old Kev pretty much everywhere. And I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O on everything. Even if you don't get the MVP this year, Shohei, you'll still be the great two-way Shohei. A.K.A. Showtime. A.K.A. The Greatest Showman. A.K.A. The Anaheim Starboy. A.K.A. The Six-Tool Player. A.K.A. The Double Trouble Ring Slinger Dinger Hitter. A.K.A. And now more than ever, Shohei the Money. A.K.A. Otani B. A.K.A. The Boss of All Clout. A.K.A. Mayama Otani. A.K.A. And now, less than ever, <laughs> Mr. Hot Wheels. A.K.A. Swohei Brotani. A.K.A. Shohei got the pop. Shohei got the smoke. A.K.A. The Little Leaguer of the Big Leagues. A.K.A. Let me get a number 17, please. What's that? An Apple Taco. A.K.A. MLB The Show. Better than a video game player. A.K.A. The Bart Boy. No Simpson. A.K.A. The California Cowboy. A.K.A. Pew. All gas, no brakes.